This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Wednesday, September 25th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Nelly. Here's today's headlines. U.S. and Japan deal expected. Chinese official okay with trip cancellation. An H-2A overhaul gets mixed review. U.S.-Japan pact announcements anticipated today. Optimism is strong in the U.S. ag sector that President Donald Trump and Japanese President Shinzo Abe will announce a scaled-down trade pact today. But concerns are also rising that it won't meet high expectations for new access to Japan's markets. U.S. government officials have already confirmed no new access will be given to U.S. rice farmers, and Wisconsin lawmakers are complaining that the deal will keep many U.S. dairy products at a disadvantage to exports from European and other countries that already have a trade deal with Japan. Details of the deal have not been made widely public yet, but it would ensure that U.S. cheese, butter, skim milk powder, ice cream, and condensed milk would remain at a disadvantage to foreign competitors. That's being said in a letter to the U.S. Trade Representative from Wisconsin Representatives Ron Kind, Gwen Moore, and Mark Polkin, as well as Peter Welch of Vermont and Susan DeBean of Washington. They continue... The president has frequently promised that his negotiations would lead to the best trade agreements for our farmers. But that hasn't been the case, Kind said. Instead, our dairy farmers are stuck competing on an uneven global playing field. Cancellation of farm trip won't hurt China trade talks. There's apparently no ill will on the part of Chinese Agriculture Vice Minister Han Jun after the White House canceled his planned trip this week to meet farmers and ag processors in Montana and Nebraska. Han hosted a reception for U.S. ag leaders at the Chinese embassy on Saturday and stressed to attendees that the trip cancellation wouldn't affect negotiations to end the trade war. That's according to U.S. Grains Council President and CEO Ryan Legrand, who was at the event. He mentioned that the cancellation of the trip to Nebraska and Montana had nothing to do with the trade talks, LeGrand told AgriPulse. He said that a couple of different times to the delegation and then to me again in private. Farm groups raise alarms on H-2A reforms. The Trump administration's proposed overhaul of the H-2A farm worker visa program was billed as a benefit to farmers who have rapidly increased their use of foreign labor. But industry groups, while they welcome a streamlined application process, say in comments filed with the Labor Department that the proposed changes on how wage rates are calculated could actually raise their labor costs. Tuesday was the deadline for comments to be filed. According to an analysis by the American Farm Bureau Federation, the largest wage increases would fall on small and medium-sized farms. A coalition of farm worker advocacy groups agrees that wages for many workers would rise under the proposal. The National Association of State Departments of Agriculture is asking the department to create an appeals process for farmers in regions where H-2A wage rates rise sharply from one year to the next. Now, for an in-depth look at the H-2A comments, plus the latest on the U.S.-China trade war and prospects for the U.S.-Mexico-Canada trade agreement, Be sure and read this week's AgriPulse newsletter. U.S. and India move toward trade deal. The U.S. and India are aiming to quickly move toward some form of trade agreement, President Trump said yesterday after a meeting in New York with Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi. 
U.S. Trade Representative Bob Lighthizer has been working with his Indian counterpart this week in New York on the sidelines of the United Nations General Assembly, and an abbreviated pact is almost complete, Trump said. We'll have the larger deal down the road a little bit, but we will have a trade deal very soon, he said. The U.S. has a major trade deficit with India, long criticized for its tariffs and domestic subsidies. The country holds vast potential to become a major importer of U.S. goods. Ted McKenna, USDA's Undersecretary for Trade and Foreign Agriculture Affairs, has visited India twice. Now keep in mind, TheHindu.com reported late yesterday that negotiations had already fallen flat. Among other things, the paper reported that the agreement unraveled due to the failure to reach an agreement on information and communications technology products. U.S. FWS nomination set to move. The Senate Environment and Public Works Committee is expected today to approve the nomination of former Monsanto executive Aurelia Skipworth to be director of the Fish and Wildlife Service. Skipworth, currently Deputy Assistant Secretary for Fish and Wildlife and Parks at the Interior Department, was with Monsanto from 2006 through 2012, serving as Sustainable Agriculture Partnership Manager and as a Molecular Analyst. She would be the first African American to serve as FWS Director. Senate Maintains Interior and EPA Funding The Senate's fiscal 2020 funding bill for the Interior Department and EPA would provide them with small increases in spending for the year that starts October 1st. The bill, which also includes the Forest Service, part of the USDA, is funded at $35.8 billion, up from $35.6 billion in FY19. The House-passed bill is $1.5 billion higher for FY20 than the Senate bill. The Senate Appropriations Committee will debate the Senate version on Thursday. The Senate bill allocation for the Interior Department includes full funding for the payment in lieu of Texas program, which provides payment to local governments that have substantial amounts of federal aid. EPA would be funded at just over $9 billion under the Senate bill, a $161 million increase from FY19, but $500 million under the House version. Non-GMO challenge allowed to proceed. A federal judge in California has ruled that a class action lawsuit may proceed against Nestle over its non-GMO labeling on some milk products. The judge has denied Nestle's motion to dismiss the case. The defendant seal would be misleading because the seal does not reflect the third-party verifier and, as alleged, was the defendant's own creation, according to the court ruling. The judge also agreed with the plaintiff's argument, citing the Consumer Legal Remedies Act. Under this law, a reasonable consumer is not expected to know how to inspect or judge a product or know the process of product's preparation or manufacturer. Here's today's She Said It. Where are you on this? The American people are waiting. That Iowa Senator Joni Ernst speaking to the Senate GOP leadership's weekly news conference, appealing to House Democrats to approve the U.S.-Mexico-Canada trade agreement. Well, that's Daybreak for this Wednesday, September 25th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by the United Soybean Board. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Alley.